0: So, as-salamu alaykum guys, welcome back to another episode of Mindful Manory. It's been a very long time since we've recorded. I'm joined here with Faye. Um, Hashmat's not here at the moment, I believe he's away at the moment. He wasn't available tonight. But yeah, it's been a very long time since yeah, we last recorded.
1: Really. Yeah, it's been like, what, how long? A month or two?
0: I think so. The last mm-hmm. one was really early into Ramadan, I believe. How was so, it, by the way, bro? Ramadan was good. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. I because obviously it was at uni. Yeah. Um, I was away. Uh, despite it being you know away from family, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna say it was quite a productive Ramadan for me. I can't lie. I I've read more of the Quran than I did last year, so it was progress. Like, I'm 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 happy with it. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. How did yours okay. go?
1: Um, obviously we're living together on that, but yeah, for the viewers, more times. Yeah, at first it was hard, in it? Because obviously I was at home. Um, but yeah, uh, I managed to convince my parents to let me go back to uni for the exams.
0: Mm. And
1: yeah, as soon as I got back to uni, uh, yeah, Ramadan was much easier because I didn't have to hide the fact that I was fasting. But yeah, the se- my second Ramadan, yeah, definitely enjoyed it as well. It was a blessing to be my um, friend from uni and that.
0: How does your second Ramadan compare to your first Ramadan?
1: Well, you know what it is? It's, oh, it's like a totally different vibe from the first one, innit? it? hundred uh, just as good as each other,
0: yeah hundred yeah. percent I can't lie first Ramadan yeah. the thing that banged the most for me, the first Ramadan was the fact that after every uh iftar that we had once we yeah. prayed, iftar mm. grab a cup of coffee or like chai, walk around campus, go grab a milkshake or two, mm. and then jog back whilst Ali's just crippling along trying <laughs> to get to <laughs> try to yeah, get to yeah. as well
1: and it's also the exam stress as well. Like, I don't know why like the stress adds like an extra kind of intensity to it, fam. I can't explain it, but yeah, it gives I mean, it gives I mean, a
0: purpose. Yeah, it gave a, for me it was like was like okay, I have a purpose to be mm-hmm. here, and it's actually it was it was quite amazing because right, I was stressed, yeah. but every time like I'd much rather be stressed during Ramadan period,
1: yeah, definitely. than
0: without it because for some reason, not for some reason, we all know the barakah and the hair and the virtues of that month so mm-hmm. it just makes everything a lot easier for us like it definitely becomes apparent so since mm-hmm. we've been so absent and inconsistent with our mm-hmm. flow, uh, with our podcast at the moment mm-hmm. uh, we decided to reach out to two of the sisters from university huda and Wajia. They, uh, I've been meaning to ask them to record an episode for us for a very long time. In fact, they were meant to um, take control of the sisters' side. I-, I was planning on having like a sisters' podcast as well. So they'd take that series and they'll mm-hmm. be the host for it. Kind of like how we'd take the brothers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been meaning to ask them to do an episode for us. And they have finally come around to being able to do it and they've recorded it. Mm-hmm. So what the viewers are about to hear today is the first Podcast by the sisters.
1: Yeah.
0: We gave them the whole podcast. We gave them the option of they can talk about whatever they want. Um, and I believe I haven't listened to it properly yet myself, uh, but I believe they said they discussed. Obviously, Sister Huda. It was her first Ramadan.
1: Yeah.
0: It was also, you know, five months or so since she's been, you know, a Muslim now. Mm-hmm. alhamdulillah she converted not too long ago. It was during university time. And, yeah, they discussed that. They discussed, um, you know, how they kind of help each other out, like mm-hmm. their friendship in a way. Because Wajid was running, you know, the Quran classes during Ramadan and how kind of mentoring and teaching Huda. And Huda was curious, would ask a question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she would figure out the answers and give the answers to her. It, would be like, it was like how that friendship kind of worked and how it helped their... Um, you know, each other help their dean out, their religion out. Yeah, so it was a very interesting podcast. It sounds like very interesting, I can't lie. Mm. Um, so along with the viewers, I'm very excited to hear it. But yeah, yeah. so this was their first podcast that they recorded.
1: Yeah, I've seen um, how far it has come since the day she took a shahada. Like, I'm so proud of her. And yeah, I haven't heard this episode as well, but I'm definitely looking forward to it as well.
0: Well, like I was just thinking about it. SubhanAllah, it's so motivational as mm-hmm. well. Like it's, it's it's yeah it's it's been such a journey and you know Alhamdulillah that we got to experience and witness and you know yeah mm. witness this journey uh because it's not a journey that a lot because I'm very blessed uh I witnessed your journey and I'm still witnessing your journey it's been what roughly a year
1: a year, a year, and, a year in, how many months a year three months a yeah in mm. three
0: months yeah roughly a year and three months I think. Mm yeah literally a year and three months mm. um yeah it's been a year and three months since you took your shahada mm. and you know we experiencing your journey and how mm. you're getting along with it it's just it's really amazing i feel really blessed like mm. witness jaws and you know witnessing hudas as well it's like it's quite it's such a blessing because motivation for everybody else around you as well you mm. won't even realize it but you'll be a motivation for others around you
1: well, i'm glad to have um the brothers around me and sisters as well because, yeah, more times if it not for you lots, the journey wouldn't be as, I won't say easy, but yeah, it won't be as well it is now, if that makes sense 100%, I
0: think mm. you know, uh, I, and I can't lie to you, I always say to anybody that has an interest, or not even has an interest, but if they want to like dedicate their time just once listen to the podcast series on Qalam Institute where they cover companionship and bro, I'm telling you that that series changed my life on like how I look at my companions and how I look at friends. Like I used to look at friends just as, oh, I think that must have been a massive ping that may have come on from Amir, i got a message. Uh, um. Talking of companions. Uh, so I always used to look at companions like as in just, oh my goodness, Amir. popular. Uh, Mr. Amir. Uh, so i used to look at friends just like as something to bypass the time and have fun and joke around with. of course that's literally what our friendship is but you know you want it to be deeper than that you want it to be more beneficial than that and mm-hmm. that's what i like i've realized my friendship groups are and what they should be and so I, honestly i couldn't be more grateful and yeah i always recommend people listen to that podcast on kalam institute by mikhail, mm-hmm. smith, Sheikh mikhail smith and he covers um you know, companionship in depth, and honestly, it's uh, really beneficial for anybody curious. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was gonna say. Um, give me three seconds. And yeah, so um, I haven't really seen a lot of female podcasts, and um, yeah, we're really trying to try something new, try to get like a bigger audience. So, um, we're gonna link our uh, Twitter and Instagram um links or at in the or wherever in the podcast can, and we really want like appreciate feedback of um how you guys think of this episode and if we should do more of these uh, sisters episodes and yeah
0: 100 yeah, percent. that's one thing um that's been on my mind for a while now uh and just in general if you have a feedback if you have positive criticism if you have negative crit- I, I, it doesn't matter if you have any feedback reach out to us we have our instagram which is mind underscore of underscore a underscore minority unfortunately that's the name we have at we have at the moment for mm-hmm. our instagram our twitter on the other hand i believe it's minority minds if i'm not mistaken you'll find us on there as well mm-hmm. you can dm us on both of those we also mm-hmm. have uh our email which is minority minds at com. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we've ever stepped out of line, if we've ever said something that's wrong or, uh, you know, not in line with the Sunnah, if it's anything, if we've said something wrong and offend somebody, we'd be like, you know, it's, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, we'd love love to know. And And that's that's stuff that we try to benefit from because at the end of the day, if you literally read our description of what this uh, podcast is about, it's our journey, it's three brothers on this journey and, you know, we're having these guests on there that will take us through that. We have our friends that come onto the podcast and give us beneficial lessons. And Inshallah, we'll have guest speakers as well. All of this is to, you know, help us on our journey to become a better Muslim. And we just want you to join along with us. And if we've ever said something wrong, know that there are somebody that's listening and that's at a different stage to you. And even the people that are talking, they're at a different stage to you. I'm at a different stage to what you, the listeners might be and what you might be at. So, you know, any feedback that there is, Wallahi, mm. like it's more than encouraged, we'd love to hear your feedback. Mm. Um, and yeah, just like Faye said, please reach out to us. You mm. have our we, Twitter, yeah, you we have can our
1: Instagram, link it um, anywhere possible so it'll be easier for you guys to reach out. But yeah. inshallah,
0: yeah. Remember um, me. I think we're also looking out, looking to branch out to YouTube as well, inshallah, because I feel like that would be a nice outreach as well. Um, but you know that's what we want to hear from you guys what works best what episodes do you want discussed what's what kind of episodes you know mm-hmm. any feedback inshallah will be very encouraged mm-hmm. but yeah with that thank you very much for listening so far to us ramble on mm-hmm. uh you will now be hearing the first sisters podcast on mind of a minority uh assalamu alaikum and enjoy assalamu alaikum i'm mujiha assalamu alaikum mahuda
2: And we're today's guests on Mind of a Minority. We're also the first sisters to be on the show, so jazakallah khair to the brothers for that. Today we're gonna be talking about a series of things. Um, We're gonna be talking about Huda's journey to Islam, my own personal journey as a born Muslim. Um, We're gonna be reflecting on this Ramadan um, and how it's been different to previous Ramadans because of the COVID situation. And we'll just take it from there, inshallah. So, um, Huda, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about your journey to Islam?
3: Yeah, um, bismillah.
2: Um, So, reflecting
3: upon myself, I remember I used to always get the anxiety about the death. And it wasn't even particularly about my death, but it was about even the idea of thinking that my mum or my brother or my grandparents, they might die one day. And it would just give me the anxiety Mm -hmm. and I was thinking that I just couldn't bear that um living in this world without them and Islam when I um discovered Islam it displays this comfort and reassurance in my heart and it's just knowing that there's so much more than this world out there and this life is just like it's just a bridge to the eternity and inshallah and yeah, but don't get me wrong, like, I still get anxious, but through the remembrance of Allah, I feel like only through um constant like reminding myself about hereafter, mm-hmm. that's when my heart is at peace. Yeah,
2: alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. That's actually mine, subhanAllah, because even personally, as a born Muslim, like, I had those same anxieties when I came to university, yeah. about death and... Especially because, for example, at the time when I first moved away, my granddad wasn't very well and I had so much anxiety about literally everyone dying mm. and being so far mm. away from them. And you just think, how am I supposed to control that when you're far away from people? Um, and that's what, alhamdulillah, was the thing that made me stop praying because you stop praying to the one who's in control and the yeah. only one who can actually do anything about those those anxieties and those fears. Yeah, subhanallah that's so true to be honest. Yeah. Um
3: yeah, continue on to that. Um what I found really, really like fascinating about Islam is that it's actually like a whole way of living mm-hmm. because as Christians they only attend church on sundays They yeah. only fast on fridays and by fasting i mean refraining for like refraining from one thing that you like and islam is not about worshipping god just when you feel down mm-hmm. or when you feel that anxiety let's say it's actually about um following the sunnah and uh, looking up to uh the best example which is the prophet muhammad so sallallahu was alayhi wa sallam and the sahaba Mm-hmm. and through that way you're worshiping allah yeah so i found that really really fascinating and i remember that i was always kind of um questioning christianity and it's like how can god can have how can he have the same needs as a human being mm-hmm. it's like um He's a creator, he's a sustainer and he can possibly be dependent on someone or something like as, as humans. So that was always like question within myself. And even like when reading through the Bible or reading through the Quran when Jesus said that we should worship Allah only he never mentioned that we should worship him to be mm-hmm. honest. It's just that the way people interpret it. Yeah. So um yeah and um I just realized that the Bible itself is kind of it's kind of a handmade collection of different pieces gathered by a man rather than, where whereas the Quran is like a holy, yeah, it's like a holy book and it's okay. a very pure word of God. Mm-hmm. It's very authentic. It wasn't changed. It wasn't amended yeah. by a man. So yeah, that that was the other aspect that really convinced me mm-hmm. that Islam is actually a true religion, and. Yeah, I think, like, the main thing is the
2: whole um concept of crucifixion. That was the dodgy one. I was like... Can you explain that a little bit? Like, was that... Are you talking about how they say Jesus died on yeah, the cross? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, it never actually made sense for me
3: because it was never proven. And mm-hmm. it was never, like, um something that would make sense for me, like, logically.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
3: I just don't see no rationale behind it. Why would God punish his own son? for mistakes of the mankind so that would be not fair if god was to do that to his son in the first place and when you think about it god is the most merciful and his rahma is like it has no limits so if you want to be forgiven just repent that's like the only way that you might be forgiven rather than God is not cruel, He's mm-hmm. like the most massive thing. What was
2: like the biggest change you had to make in terms of your thought when you changed from Christianity to Islam? Like, what was the biggest thing? Was it trying to, to remove the idea of Jesus mm. as God, or was it like something else? There's actually many things, but
3: I think the main one that I was really struggling with, I remember at the very beginning when I started praying. Um, I remember even asking someone. There might be even you. Yeah. When I said, um, "Okay, so I'm praying," but what kind of mental representation I do I make? Yeah. When I think of
2: God, I remember you said that to me because you yeah. asked me. you were like, "What do you? What do you imagine that yeah, like God is? Who yeah. like who is he?" Because before that. But I always used to have this yeah. image in my head,
3: and whenever I'd be praying, course, I because that's how you're brought up. Jesus, yeah. I remember you
2: asking me that, and that's like to me, as someone born into Islam, yeah. I never even it's thought really about familiar. imagining yeah. like a person, subhanAllah. Alhamdulillah, actually, because to me, God, I never associated an image or a person like, or anything physical. Anything, yeah, like. exactly, with, with the image of God. Yeah. But subhanAllah, that helped me to kind
3: of move on from there to get to know Allah through his attribution yeah, through his exactly. names rather than um, an image. Yeah. It just shows that how majestic he is.
2: Exactly. There's and there's so, yeah. so much more to him and I always more. think about that because I always get asked that as like, for example, a lot of people say like, how come you can't, why don't you see god as a person or why don't you have like statues and things like that and i remember a story that i had i don't remember who it was who explained this but they were talking about you know like in buddhism how they have the statue of the buddha yeah and how now a lot of people and it's true because you see it everywhere they have like the buddha as kind of an ornament if they're not they're not buddhists they're just any average... Just like I can go to B&Q right now and I can get a statue of the Buddha and I can just put it in my garden. It just like, loses its purpose. Exactly, yeah. it does. It loses value. It just trivialises the whole thing. And Even the whole, like, you know, the cross, how they tend to have crosses exactly. on their walls. And jewelry. On jewellery. On necklace. Yeah. Everywhere. And subhanAllah, so the... you just realise the wisdom behind these things that we've been taught. Yeah. Those things, that's it's mad. That's true. Yeah. And... Yeah, I think the other
3: aspect was um, how Christians... You know, when they're seeking the forgiveness, they have to to, uh, perform a confession. Yeah. So, remember on Sundays, when I used to go to the church, I would literally avoid that to my best ability. I would hate doing that. Because you kind of... um, You have to know what to say, so you can't just... uh, Like, at the very beginning, you have Mm. to know the beginning. And I was like, I don't even know what to say, because I was never actually into that because other people they literally stand in the queues they just yeah. want to go to the priest they want to confess their sins. is it, it not anybody. mandatory
2: to kind of seek forgiveness or is it
3: it is kind of mandatory and it's very advisable and i remember um my mom used to say like you have to you have to have to yeah. but be like oh yeah i went but it would never actually make sense for me to kind of because i was thinking like how can a man Prescribe me like a certain prayers. It's mm-hmm. not just any prayers, like a certain prayers. He would say, "Oh, pray um ten holy Marys, and you will be forgiven."
2: Yeah. So how can you
3: measure, and how can you say that my sins can be forgiven if they can only be be forgiven by, by God? God not yeah. by you? So that's just another thing. Yeah. And when it comes to sins, I just remember one thing that really, really kind of touched me. Um, one of the friends that have literally told me that um, with the sins when it comes to sin. So imagine like you sin and sin and sin mm-hmm. and all of your sins they pile up to the clouds. But if you repent exactly that the God is so merciful. Yeah. They literally erase all of your sins and how it's said that if you go to Allah um walk in, mm-hmm. so you go to running. Exactly.
2: To so beautiful,
3: in, so, and that's our Lord yeah.
2: And it's just, for me as well, like, you saying that it kind of makes me think about how we don't have... Like, an imam... I wouldn't go to an imam and tell him my sins <laughs> exactly. and then expect him to give yeah. me kind of a resolution. Yeah. Because the resolution itself comes from Allah. Exactly. So I don't need um someone to intercede for me. Yeah, Yeah, I don't need, like, right now. no one to intervene. Yeah.
3: It's really interesting. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people, they don't really... Uh, ponder upon it it's just something that they used to, something that the parents, the grandparents used to do for the whole of late of yeah. their lives. So they don't even like think that it doesn't make no sense. That's true.
2: Or maybe they do, but you kind of repress that thought sometimes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's true. May yeah, I guide them? I mm-hmm. never. And I'll do So how yeah. was your first? Ramadan, um, so yeah, I remember
3: before I took the Shahada, I tried to kind of do the research into Islam, and I even started praying like around the month before I took yeah. the Shahada as well. And I remember my very, very first prayer is when you and Sarah took me to the Juma prayer, yeah. that was so. That was such a different experience. That was kind of weird. Because I remember when I entered the room. When I entered um, the prayer room. I was like, why are these people <laughs> on the floor? Like, I was never on the floor in a church. <laughs> and all of the women, uh, women, they were covered. And they just looked at me, like, nicely. Obviously, yeah, they probably an, like, understood. Yeah, and exactly. I wasn't even wearing the, the scarf as well. Because I didn't know yeah, that you kind of have to. And... Yeah, but that was such a nice experience. And I remember how um, the Qutbah started, and I started listening. I was like, oh, that makes sense. The, all of the things that I mentioned, I was yeah. like, that makes sense. And then the prayer started, and I started following the the movements as well. <laughs> and subhanAllah, when I go into Sujud, that's when, like, I felt that that's the truth. That it's moment, cool. my heart was with so much peace. Like, I just knew that that is the right religion subhanallah even though i didn't know nothing about the prayer i didn't know what to say what to mm-hmm. recite what does it mean i just got into sujood and the full submission to god that that and that moment i just knew that that is the right
2: religion for myself. when we take and that for granted as born Muslims like we've been doing that most of our lives going into sujood and things yeah and you just kind of think Obviously, it brings so much comfort to you, but you kind of take it for granted. Yeah. Whereas you had an experience that you went into and you felt that much peace and. Yeah. It's but so it beautiful. always feels
3: like you're always like that in the beginning, and then you kind of you have to keep reminding yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Because with time. It's just like when the you get used to it, like we yeah. as human beings, it, we tend to take it for granted. for granted, yeah. and it becomes more of a, like a bodily movement rather than yeah. you're doing it with heart. So you co- always have to constantly remind yourself why you're doing what you're exactly. doing.
2: Exactly, renew your intentions, you yeah. purify your intentions, remind yourself who you're praying to as well. Yeah, I remember um, one of the funniest experiences was my first
3: of prayer when I woke up. Because I've never used to wake up just in the middle of the night, you know, to pray or something. (laughs) And I remember I woke up, and you know that minute when you just don't know what's going on? I was like, oh, it must be a prayer time. (laughs) So I went to pray. And I wasn't even wearing a headscarf because I didn't know that you have to wear one. I was like, oh, God knows what, you know, the colour of my hair, so why would I wear one? (laughs) And, yeah, and I remember it was really, really hard to kind of get myself to wake up every night so I would ask people to call me or to message me to yeah. make sure that I wake up and then literally every time I would just think like how do you how do people like wake up for Fajr prayer all of your lives but subhanAllah like Allah is the greatest and he just made me so much easier from that time onwards yeah to kind of keep waking up for Fajr and um yeah it got easier and easier for me but obviously there are struggles, like, I'm still in the process of wearing the hijab, let's say, and I feel like it's the biggest struggle for me, because my hair, like, since the very young age, it was kind of like an ident- identity for mm-hmm. me, like, if I was to walk down the street, you they see, like, long, long hair, it's, yeah. it's Monica, you know, and when I start covering it, I feel like I'm losing my identity in a sense that people wouldn't recognise me no more,
2: but yeah i think it's a process or it or is just, i think for every yeah, muslim girl it's 100 and you obviously yourself exactly and it's else. weird for you to even talk for you mentioning identity in relation to hijab as in your hair was your identity for mm. me part of my motivation for actually wearing it was because i thought you want me i identity. wanted to be yeah, yeah my identity is me being a muslim woman And I wanted to be recognised as that through my hijab. People see a hijab and they know you're a Muslim. Before I wore it, say I started wearing it in, like, second year of uni. Before that, you kind of got approached or asked. Like, for example, I wouldn't be asked. It's not as likely for me to be asked to go clubbing as a hijabi as it did when I wasn't one, because my faith is a visible part of me then. Yeah. but, you know, it may Allah make it easy for all of us because it's not, it's not an easy thing. And yeah. I think.
3: I feel like that's well, where the issue actually derives from because why do I feel like that is my identity in the first place? It's because it's beautiful in it. It's love, woman's beauty. It's the, one of the biggest exactly. And I want to be beautiful as a woman, but we should seek to be beautiful in our hearts, like within ourselves rather yeah. than the outer looks. So I think, yeah, it's just my issue
2: and it it kind of that's the thing like you covering your beauty means that you're seen for more than just what's visible what's what's out there kind of your 100%. your outer things it's more about what 100%. what you are as a ca- it, in your person in your character yeah um, 100% and that's a lot more visible with the hijab i think
3: yeah. but alhamdulillah i started um wearing more modest clothing alhamdulillah, yeah and yeah, I think that that that, com- that came quite easy to me when it comes to kind of just, like, you know, wearing more
2: loose clothes and that kind of stuff. And um, I feel like a lot of brothers underestimate how it can be quite difficult to kind of go into hijab. Yeah. And they see sisters and they're like, okay, oh, but you don't wear a hijab, though. Like, say, for example, if a sister's not wearing one, say she's giving you Islamic advice or something. But... Yeah it's especially in today's society you say we're talking about people as in ourselves living in the uk as british muslims it's it's, it can be really difficult because first of all it can put you in danger you know there's been so many attacks on muslim sisters because because they're visibly muslim so like a walking target yeah and second second of all like the Kind of society we live in now, you know, like with the, the Instagram um, things and stuff like that, it's like everything's about beauty, everything's about looking apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you obviously we fall into that as well. I know myself sometimes I've I find it hard to wear hijab because I see all of these pictures and stuff yeah. and I think I want to look like that, I want to kind of show, blah blah. Yeah. I want to be seen, I want to be yeah, more you want to be appreciated be for yeah. your beauty as well. But, yeah. but I
3: think it, inshallah when. We have someone to appreciate that booty is going to be so much easier.
2: That's true. And
3: where, like, all of your booty is going to be fully accessible to your husband, inshallah. Inshallah. And whoever that lucky man is, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think but at think I think, it's a, point... I think
2: the, the main thing is, though, is we're doing it for Allah. And that's oh, that yeah, should be, you know, 100%. that should be the thing that... I'm
3: just saying that maybe no, you wouldn't, like, agree with you, yeah. slip as often. Yeah, because you have somebody you have appreciating somebody, it, yeah. yeah definitely that's true um but yeah to kind of summarize um it was a really really big change for me and previous me like how i used to have loads of male friends as well yeah because i grew i kind of grew up with boys and i have brother i have cousins and i think one of the hardest thing was kind of to cut ties with male friends Mm. and um yeah, stop hugging, like, you know, my distant uncles and, like, you know, everyone. Because that's very, like, socially acceptable in my culture, even with friends, like, hi, bye. You kind of give them, you know, a little hug and stuff. But, you know, with this whole, whole like, COVID situation, oh, no, it <laughs> comes horrible. in handy, you know. <laughs> you don't have to, like, explain yourself to every single person of why you can't, you know, get in, to- in contact with them. That's and, actually uh, mad, the timing yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, moving on... Um, Alhamdulillah I decided that I don't want to wait long and on the twenty ninth of November twenty
2: nineteen I took the Shahada and that's where Hudah was, was born. <laughs> yeah Alhamdulillah, I remember that day. Yeah. Um but since then how's how did your first Ramadan go?
3: My first Ramadan I feel like I would call that the month of reflections upon myself. Mm-hmm. And um I think it made me change a lot as a person like there's so many things that I've learned that I've tried to embrace that I would try to kind of implement in my day-to-day living and um the things I can think of like my patience um I became so much more patient like especially during Ramadan when you have to be kind to everyone not even during Ramadan but it's just like in the ramadan you have to you it's want to be you know, yeah you want to be very, the best really person on it, you know person. Yeah. and it's just like treating treating others with patience and like always giving them the treatment that you would want to receive and yeah. i think the main thing for me is like even though obviously we're humans like there are situations where we get angry when we you know get in the situation when when we want to say something back, but what I realised that you should treat others with your manners rather than someone else's. So let's yeah. say if you're mad at me, I'll still be kind to you because that what, that is what Islam teaches me person. to be. And I'm not going to drag myself to that level True. and, you know, throw some rude words to you just because you, you know, yeah. did that to me. You know what I mean? So I think that was, like, the aspect that I was trying to embrace. And whenever I feel like I'm losing, you know, losing the control. I would just sit down and just kind of reflect upon everything. hmm Yeah. That's like, um, other aspects, like, um, like, let's say, my, my confidence and my self-worth. So Islam really, really, like, kind of accommodated me with confidence. And it's not even, like, in an arrogant way. It's more like, A humble confidence because I know all of that comes from Allah Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, I'm not confident because, oh, you know, it comes from the self made. Yeah. 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 What about
2: you? What are like the main things? For me, this Um, Ramadan was obviously very different. I know this was your first one, so you haven't known one before it. Yeah. But to be um, quarantined and spend Ramadan in a much different way than I've ever spent it. Yeah. was it was it was crazy because it's literally probably been one of the most beneficial ramadans I've ever experienced so, alhamdulillah yeah and i think a big part of that were the tafsir classes yeah um so it was like obviously a few sisters um over zoom reflecting on the f- the like the first few surahs um we covered like loads actually like in just yeah, yeah alhamdulillah and it was like kind of like It taught me the importance of connecting with Allah through the Qur'an. Yeah. Because I felt like it really allowed us to connect with him better because it kind of helped me understand why we do... You know, the stories of the Qur'an, these surahs, the short surahs are the ones we kind of tend to recite in our salah. Yeah. And you don't always ponder on the meanings of them or the stories behind them. And then once you do, it's just it helps you kind of uh, know Allah a lot better and yeah. kind of even like the surah came up a lot remember because we kind of connected it to the life of the prophet alaihi yeah. wasallam and like what was going on at the time of this re- when this surah was revealed and what lesson is this teaching us yeah. gives you like the context yeah you know, the exactly of of
3: yeah and i feel like for me uh some of the surahs it gives it gave me so much comfort mm-hmm. like the ones that you know the lessons that you Gave, I remember them very, very, like, vividly and clearly. Uh, so the part,
2: like, I love those. So, yeah. well. Even, like, for me, teaching them allowed me to... Because, obviously, I'm not a scholar. But me having that responsibility of teaching... Mm-hmm knowing, our, you know, because that's an amana. That's the, you know, being a being a, a teacher in that sense, especially when it's something related to the dean, mm. such like such a you you can be yeah you yeah. can be held accountable for that. Yeah. So me teaching it was a really a good learning process for me, um, and I kind of like, I found myself watching so many no Ali Khan lectures, like yeah. reflecting on on uh, tafsir. Um. So that was really good. Mm-hmm. and it also kind of pushed me to kind of read more about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because Sometimes. so many of the surahs obviously were like revealed because something happened in his life yeah. and it's like oh what was going on like why mm-hmm. was what was uh, what made him feel like this yeah. for like for example surah uh, surah in Shira? why was that revealed mm-hmm. it was it was re- it was revealed to relieve him from his hardship mm-hmm. And that's where you can literally apply know? every single surah to your yeah, own life. Yeah,
3: exactly. Whenever you feel like sad, you recite Surah Duha. Whenever you feel like oh, I've been sinning so much, you recite Surah Rahman. Yeah, like every single aspect in your life, you just pick up the surah and exactly. you comfort yourself. And
2: and to me, that's stronger. like, I just think yeah, we we studied only a few surahs. Like okay, it was like maybe twenty something surahs, yeah. but imagine studying the whole quran imagine. and knowing it properly like not just obviously when i was growing up we I studied the quran but it was the arabic and you didn't really know much of the meaning didn't really know much about what it meant until i was growing up yeah. and now alhamdulillah like i feel more connected with it um and that's such a such a beautiful thing because and it feels like i've got so much more left to learn and inshallah i can like before yeah. before i die whatever because inshallah. it's just the best way to kind of learn learn about the deen and things yeah um and it's such yes. a blessing that we have the, that book yeah um but i think ramadan as a whole in quarantine was a blessing in disguise cuz as difficult yeah. as it was and as difficult as we expected to be expected it to be it kind of gave us more time alone more time to reflect, more 100%. time for zikr, more time for istighfar, yeah. like, just kind of reflecting, yeah. and, um, it's like building the, the, that bond,
3: between you and Allah, than yeah, like, building the bond with people. Exactly, you know? you
2: know, like, for example, before, before Ramadan started, actually, when you first became Muslim, mm. and I would tell, even before you became Muslim, I used to tell you about Ramadan, yeah. Ramadan at university, how we'd have yeah. like these big iftars, people would yeah. come, we'd have taraweeh together, everything. And it was such a beautiful time, and I love, and I really miss those Ramadans. But yeah. that was about, okay, the, com- community the community and all the togetherness. Culture. But there, there, there is a yeah. big importance on having that alone time with Allah and using, I think that's using the Ramadan main for that. that's that
3: is- yeah that is
2: vital exactly that
3: is, that is and that is what ramadan should be yeah. about. this allowed me to kind of see
2: that aspect yeah. of it and, and kind you know, of like appreciate it like
3: during this ramadan people come to me saying oh i'm so sorry i have to experience
2: yeah ramadan like
3: this i said why are you sorry for like i'm i'm happy i'm content like, exactly. happy that my first ramadan was in quarantine because quarantine <laughs> <laughs> because it helped me to get closer to allah and my soul and my heart needed that time. Yeah. Just me and Allah. But obviously, like, this community aspect it is essential and it's probably inseparable. And But I think it's so much more important to focus on that main aspect. Yeah. The spiritual aspect.
2: Of. I think it also... I know for me and maybe for a lot of more Muslims, it kind of helped helped us appreciate the, those other parts of... The other features of Ramadan that we take for granted. Like praying behind the imam, um, praying behind the imam in Tarawi, Mm, um, you know, just seeing friends, seeing family, all of that, that stuff is normal, normally, but now we didn't have that, and it was just, you know, it makes you, it makes you think, oh, I'm so grateful to have had that, and, like, being grateful is something I believe it should be, you know, yeah, even going to the masjid, who would have thought, Like I would like, who would have thought you wouldn't be able to go to the masjid? You don't, you don't really expect that kind Mm -hmm. of, you know. And I think brothers especially should appreciate that that going to the masjid, then because, as for example, us as sisters, we don't always have the opportunity. I know that in my hometown, um, in Bradford, we don't we don't always have the opportunity to go to the masjid as women. Um, to pray. I I think yeah and I think there was there used well there are a couple mosques opening now where you can go pray Mm -hmm. but like my my local one is finally opening a women's section but it's sad that it's taken it's 2020 like it's taken us time to get to get to this Mm -hmm. point and it shouldn't be like that the, the message should be for everyone of course we should pray at home as well but I think it's good to have that, that connection to the masjid and things. And I know that for me when I moved here or yeah. when I went to masjids in London, I, I was I felt so like happy like I could yeah. do that. Yeah. And I think um like like I was saying, brothers take that for granted and maybe now they kind of appreciate that thing more because yeah. now they can't do it. Now they can't go to the masjid like like we couldn't either. Yeah. I fell in love with Juba, I brain Muslim so much. Yeah. But inshallah, soon. Allah. It's crazy how all of that stuff is so normal for us and it's just like that. Like, like yeah. they say, we plan but Allah plans and He's the best, he's the planners, the so, best of planners. Yeah. You know, all those little things that we should we should be so grateful for them. Yeah. But yeah, I think the other aspect of um
3: how I got closer to Allah during um Ramadan is like when I was reflecting upon how i feel towards allah
2: mm-hmm. so
3: during this month i kind of developed this feeling like combination of feelings of like love and fear which i've never used to feel before that's like a completely different feeling for me because i used to be like oh yeah i love god but yeah. now it's not only just love but it's fair. i think it's like taco it's called taquoise, yeah when do.
2: you
3: kind of you of like you're aware of everything you're doing, and you don't want to sin, even even if you're on your own, because you know that Allah is always like watching over you,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and He's always like aware of like everything Like that God you're consciousness,
2: and, yeah. yeah. And um,
3: but at the same time, like even though I fear God, and I like kind of there's like a respect, you know, like how you respect the elders, uh, elder elderly people, mm-hmm. but at the same time. Have a love for Allah as it's my best friend, and I feel like it's so important to kind of uh, develop that relationship with Allah, where you literally just talk to Him about everything, what yeah, you're gonna do, what I you've agree. been doing, what you're planning to do. And I think in that way, He will put the blessings in everything that yeah. lasts last your life because if you put that intention that all everything you're doing is for Allah, yeah, exactly, and you're making it your best friend,
2: yeah, that's where he like puts people, his I think there was someone I don't remember who it was again was the speaker saying. You know, you call your best friend and you chat to him for ages, yeah. but how long are you spending making dua? Exactly. And that's I think, so I think even as for well me, like, that. that's what I mean about this Ramadan. I feel like a lot, alhamdulillah, a lot of my duas were answered, Um, especially by the end of Ramadan. I was just like, wow. And it's just, yeah. it's mad because you're like, wow, like this, this great being that we're worshipping, he's actually listening, subhanAllah. Like it's yeah. mad to think that he, he he's hearing like my little voice yeah. from freaking Essex. Like yeah. the world is so big, the universe is so big, he's and probably so got many so people much making doors. Exactly, as well. and he hears you, like subhanAllah. SubhanAllah when
3: you think about it. And subhanallah. Um I think another thing that I realised about myself is um like you know me, how I tend to be kind of oversensitive or like Mm. i tend to overthink and i always thought that that is like my weakness and i always thought how how you know i'm a big girl like i want to change now i want to grow up but what i realized during ramadan about myself is that there's actually that the strength and power in my weakness in my softness because um because it makes you acknowledge that you're so weak you're you're just a human being You're, you're weak and that makes it into Allah even more often. Mm-hmm. So that's actually like a, a weakness and um, that softness. A strength. It's a, it's a strength yeah. in disguise. And I think even that
2: sensitivity as a woman, like I think as women we're told, oh, you're too sensitive. Oh, like, you know, shut up, stop crying about that. But at yeah. the end of the day... That's how Allah they, made us. Yeah, and there's wisdom behind that. That's yeah. why he made us mothers. Yeah, that's you true. You know, there's, there's, I think there's so much beauty in that as a woman you know that's something men don't have as much of you know yeah. obviously men can be sensitive too, but to the to the extent that we can be no <laughs> yeah, that's true and um i think
3: through my softness allah has guided me in a sense that i remember a few months before i took the shahada i was crying to god and that's how i got closer to god yeah and subhanallah a few months i took the shahada and how i kind of how i perceive the situation and how i think of it is that allah literally gave me opportunity to kind of get myself out of the hellfire with that yeah, i'm not saying he got me a free ticket to jannah i'm not saying that mm-hmm. but he made me aware of things and now are like I'm conscious of what I'm doing, what is right, what yeah. is wrong, and that your action has like a severe consequences of
2: you know, Yeah, you're
3: aware of that. So like subhanAllah I'm I'm gonna always be grateful for that and I feel like through that softness, through that constant um constantly turning me turning to Allah, he gave me even more, he increased me knowledge, he guided me to Islam, Alhamdulillah. So yeah, yeah, that's how that's literally like reflecting or my softness. That's that's why I yeah. think. It's actually... It's a beautiful a thing. It is,
2: yeah. I think it's a strength as well. Yeah.
3: And, yeah. I think what Islam brought me... You know how um, they say, "Oh, Muslim women, yeah, they're oppressed. They're oppressed by men, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like a coin, oh, to be honest. Exactly. And when I converted, that's where... My self worth and self love actually increased, mm-hmm. and um, people are like there's so many misconceptions around it. SubhanAllah, that's crazy. But I feel like I start loving myself more because I start loving myself for the sake of Allah, and I realize how much women, Muslim women, how much value they actually exactly. hold within yeah. themselves.
2: And Even uh, the stories we hear, like there's so many. You know, I was like, I was talking about Khadija with anha and her and how. Yeah. She was. I think we underestimate how much of a woman she was. Literally, you know, she was. The Prophet Alaihi said she was literally perfection. Yeah,
3: that is the perfect
2: example of a woman. Yeah, no Kim Kardashian. Exactly. Not, Jenner, not this Instagram but, yeah. stuff. Like, these are the women we should be looking at. Like Khadija, Aisha. Her.
3: Subhanallah,
2: there are so examples, cool. and yeah,
3: yeah. And I feel like when your self worth increases, you just kind of start protecting yourself yeah more protecting your peace protecting your mental health so that's how i feel like i've started to put in myself first because not gonna lie used to be kind of a people pleaser mm-hmm. but now like you just don't get to come there's you know? more to you than that yeah them. you yeah. don't just you know come to my life and like interrupting my peace and stuff yeah. i'm not saying that in a bad way but i'm still like very um, empathetic but I'm trying to be more that's, empathetic yeah. towards myself rather than you know just giving all myself. To I think as women we are
2: we we have a lot of empathy, a lot of empathy, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, it's a strength, but it can you know too much of it. Can yeah,
3: be I think it's quite easy for us as women to lose ourselves in the attachment to other people as well because we're we're we tend to 100%. care we tend to care for the people so much that we literally lose ourselves yeah. and you know how they say subhanallah when you think about it, they say that you can pour from an empty cup so you give yourself or <laughs> to someone and then you just yeah.
2: you know you give, left empty handed d- yeah you put yourself last
3: yeah and then first but that's why i think it's so important to kind of just feel um content on your own yeah. and happy within yourself
2: Although and I think like for example I was talking to you before about how I was like learning about like the rights that we have yeah. as Muslims over each other and how, you know, obviously, you know, in Islam it's taught that we have we have rights and other Muslims have rights as well. Yeah. So like, you know, the children have rights over their parents, parents have rights over their children, we have rights, um as well as individuals. And I think that the rights that Allah has in regards to our duties towards him, there's like there's rights that Allah has over us and how that's making us, like we have duties towards mankind as well. Yeah. We have duties towards him and duties towards mankind as well because he has those rights, but mankind itself has rights from each other kind of yeah. thing. And um, I think it's, it's important to focus on honouring those rights for each other yeah so for example if you're seeing someone like how you said pouring from an empty cup if somebody's giving you their all they're being so good to you yeah. aren't you thinking as a muslim i should be doing i should be granting them their right you know i should be giving them yeah. goodness back in whatever yeah. form that might be Yeah. like even for example like i was there was a hadith i was looking at about um like allah himself literally said um like son of like. Uh, Basically, it says, oh, son of Adam, I asked you for, for example, there's one part of it says drink. Yeah. And then he says, but you did not give me. And then the, the servant is like, oh, but Allah, like, you have everything. Like, why am I going to give you, what, why am I going to give you drink? But yeah. Allah's saying, no, it wasn't me asking you for the drink. It was another Muslim. Yeah. That Muslim person was asking you for a drink and you didn't give it to them. In that way, you're dishonouring me as well. Yeah, and like the gravity that of that is so big because Allah Himself is like literally putting Himself there. Like, yeah. that's mad. It's it's literally in every single situation. It's not just two of you. There's Allah. Yeah, between there's you. Allah.
3: Everything exactly. you do, you doing for the sake of Allah. Yeah. everything you don't do, you disobey in Allah. Yeah, as well. and that's,
2: that's the thing. So on the day of him. judgment, those people You'll whose rights haven't been honored, yeah, yeah. they will be held accountable by, yeah. by by Allah Himself. Like yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a that's a heavy thing to have yeah. on you.
3: Yeah, but I feel like when you Um, approach your life from the other perspective or the person that is not given the rights and let's say I'm giving you the treatment, like I'm kind to you I'm giving you, you know, my 100% but you're not reciprocating it, I feel like in Islam when I have discovered, I'm not getting angry because I love you for the sake of Allah and Allah is the most just, he's gonna take care of everything or all of their affairs, yeah. and even even if you're, like, you know, if not in this life, in the next, yeah. And if you're not giving the same treatment back, that's your loss. Yeah, that's <laughs> your loss. And, but yeah, but I feel like it kind of, it comes down to like all types of relationship. It's not bound with just like a man or woman. No, I understand. That's why I feel like it really, really, really increased my self worth and self love and. Subhanallah even when you think about let's say my relationship with my parents or my grandparents um it's kind of I've learned that there are two separate things between connecting to someone and having an attachment to someone so I feel like Islam teaches you and puts a huge emphasis on connecting to people being there yeah. for them comfort them easing their distress but you should only be attached to one which is Allah
2: yeah, I think I, I've I read something that said, um the heart that becomes no, the person who becomes attached yeah. to something they'll they'll Don't eventually be deceived by uh, but oh what's the word? Uh betrayed betrayed by yeah, betrayed. eventually they'll be betrayed by their attachment and that's so true. I've seen it too too many times. Yeah. That's so true.
3: But yeah, that's why I think you just have to um, only be attached to Allah. But yeah, coming back to the self worth aspect and self love aspect. Why I want to emphasize that like, I can't emphasize it enough because this is so so important and it's not even that it's selfish. And um subhanAllah when you think about even the situation between let's say children and parents imagine the situation like subhanAllah when you're on a plane yeah and suddenly there's something going on and like the oxygen levels they drop in Mm -hmm. and the first thing that the parents should do they should put the mask on themselves not on their kids yeah but why is because they won't be able they won't be they won't have the capacity to care of their kids if they're not allowed themselves exactly so that means there's just analogy how you have to love yourself first to give that love to
2: someone else yeah i think that thing that that's, like, really emphasised these days. You know, oh, love yourself first, blah, blah, blah But yeah, in the actual really thing. yeah, it's you know. true. It's easy to say that. Yeah. It's easy to
3: say that, but it's harder to kind of implement it. Yeah. Anyhow. And I think I when think you different. take care
2: of yourself, you're better taking care of others as well in that sense. Yeah. When you are your best.
3: Yeah. And I think that's, like, of vital importance. And Islam gave me that understanding. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But, yeah, I feel like it's obviously, like, it's not that easy because at the end of the day, this life is a test. We tend to, you know, love so much that we forget ourselves. And I feel like it's because what you love the most, you find the, the biggest and the hardest test in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, coming back to Ramadan, I feel like it flew by so quick. Subhanallah, I can't believe. I remember, do you remember
2: my very first or your very first? Day? Oh my god! <laughs> Tell us about
3: your very first.
2: Day. <laughs> no, it's because I didn't. I literally the day before I forgot to eat and I forgot thinking, oh yeah, I'll just eat tomorrow before Ramadan. <laughs> Slept through suhoor, woke up just before fajr. Oh literally god. didn't get to eat, and I literally that was the. It's I've been obviously Muslim my whole life, last 23 years, and that was probably the hardest fast of my life. Like that was the first, the first, oh, the first day of Ramadan, and yeah. I was like a mess. I remember when <laughs> and she I, fainted. Yeah, I remember when I
3: um I called you a couple of times because you were supposed to come mine for a yeah, Oh my
2: god. I was oh. like, why
3: is she not picking up? <laughs> then I went to yours and I found you like that. It was literally very functional, like is that how am I going to be on the first day? Because I wasn't <laughs> fasting on the first day, Yeah. And I was like, is I didn't give you the best I
2: impression. First... <laughs> I got so paranoid. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I like your so face, crazy. you're looking at me like, oh my days, is this <laughs> was, what's so store? <laughs> is this
3: how we like, they we... oh. all start? But, my very first day, I remember I was literally crying. Yeah, like, I, remember. <laughs> I remember. I was so, so, so hungry. Like, wallahi, I definitely thought I'm not going to pull through. I'm not going to,
2: the whole I'm so proud and. of you, fam. Like literally by the end, alhamdulillah, you got through all Stop of that. <laughs> That's like, yeah, because I know you, I know your eating habits. I know you like want a snack sometimes or something sweet yeah. and you're like chocolate. Yeah, but alhamdulillah Maybe I did. So <laughs> yeah,
3: and Alhamdulillah, like Allah made it easy for me, like easier and easier with every day.
2: Yeah. Each day. And I'm glad we had each other, um, because, like, obviously, we were quarantining together and stuff, which is such a blessing. Imagine being alone, like... Yeah, and then in general, when I
3: think about it and, like, reflecting from the very beginning of my journey onwards, like, I had you... You are literally my main source of everything, Alhamdulillah. Like, I literally, I think Allah placed you in my life. For I think a Allah reason. placed you in
2: my life for a reason. Alhamdulillah.
3: Like, honestly, like, I pray and inshallah, and I mean, there's a reward for you. Inshallah,
2: for you I mean, that's such yeah. for me. Even sometimes, I remember when I first met you, and after you took a shot, when you were taking a shot, I remember I was in tears because I was like, <laughs> "How is it that Allah has placed you in my life?" and an opportunity like, like that is you know how I was saying teaching Tafsir was a responsibility mm-hmm. this is a big responsibility as well but you knowing you and knowing you as a new Muslim has been such a blessing because it's, for me it's helped me as well like Grow in closeness to Allah because, yeah. for example, you have you might have questions about things, things that I wouldn't even have thought about. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't really question like I, I wouldn't think to question certain things. Yeah. And you ask yourself, and I'm like, you know what? That's true. Why do we do that? Yeah. And then I'll look into it and I'll try and explain <laughs> it to you. Like it's yeah, it, it and that's the thing like how we said earlier about Allah being the best of planners Even to that extent, there's, there's yeah. like tiny little things upon yeah. that He does. And then in the end, you're like, whoa, like, that's mind-blowing. How are you doing that? And that's why I think we have to trust in whatever's going on as well. Yeah. You know, we don't always get like, what we, we want. We didn't even expect at that point. We didn't even expect that we are going to enter each other's lives. Yes, just subhanallah. subhanAllah. And it's mad because we were kind of like in similar situations. Yeah. And like, you know, we could kind of comfort <laughs> each other in that sense. Yeah. And for me, I needed that boost, that imam boost. And through you, through Allah placing you in my life, I got that. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So, and the comfort that I found you in you
3: as well was like understatement, like even the questions that I had you know after the Shahada, and I had like even more and more and more questions, yeah. and sometimes I feel like you know how like your iman it just like fluctuates, yeah, and whenever I, I feel like I'm drawing away. I'm like because of the questions that I have Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable enough to ask you whereas I wouldn't be comfortable enough to ask someone else because they'd be like oh how can you question that yeah so I feel like with you I can literally ask anything as in like um I don't know about the hereafter about yeah all that's true and I I think that's that's
2: what everyone needs and that's because you know the reason I could be that for you is because I know I need that at times in my life so you should try and be the person that you need. Do you know what I mean? They say that you should be the person who you needed when you were yeah. a kid. And it's true. You should be that person your whole life. You know, when somebody needs you, you should be the person that you would need if you were in their position. Yeah. So, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah.
3: <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon was your highlight of the Ramadan? Like the best thing that happened to you, like, like <laughs> the least- the thing that you, like, memorise, or... I don't
2: know. I think, for me, I, like I said about the tafsir classes, mm-hmm. I think it was that, mainly, like, I never... There were days I felt so... Like, if I there was a certain surah, for example, when I was doing, like, surah Duha mm-hmm. I just felt this connection with Allah that I've never had, like, to yeah. that extent. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. And, like... I felt like the more I connected, the more I start. You know, when I'm praying salah because because of these tafi- tafsir classes, when I'm praying, real, yeah, yeah, and because I, I know what I'm saying, yeah. I know, I know what so it means. Like, so good. and I'm talking to the one who's revealed all of this. The one all, all of this is about. Have you ever thought that why
3: Allah? Put this idea in your head that you should be teaching is because maybe you are the one who needs that the most. Exactly,
2: that's literally what I think as well. Yeah. About. Exactly, because it helped me learn. And yeah. Alhamdulillah, like I'm because so sometimes glad. you know you know, but it's so
3: hard to implement it. Yeah, and that
2: might have helped you. Exactly, You know,
3: to go through. Yeah, the and even like
2: things. for example, some of my housemates are Muslim. And seeing the way that they kind of structure their day in their life, and then in comparison to me as a Muslim, like kind of planning you, especially in Ramadan, so planning your day around your yeah, salah yeah. and like iftar time, and then we had the tafsir class earlier on in the day kind of brought structure to it, yeah. and that's really like comforting. 100%. And
3: yeah, that's why I said, like, that's what I found fascinating about Islam because you literally live it trying to live the quran like trying to mm-hmm. implement every single thing it's not just you praying to god when you're feeling sad it's about you worshiping the showing life.
2: gratitude literally to him. like
3: doing whatever you're doing during the day mm-hmm. dropping everything going back to your salah, going reminding back yourself
2: reminding yourself why you're here yeah what's your purpose so much
3: bigger yeah than this
2: life and i remember like you know one thing
3: i don't think i've ever mentioned it to you when I was Christian, I used to pray a few times a day as well. Mm-hmm. Not because we have to, not because there's a rule, not because I was even taught to do that, but because I wanted to. So <laughs> I set my alarm at certain times, especially during the exam period, especially like during when I do, it was doing my essays and assignments, and I would go pray whenever I would have my alarm. That's so, so crazy. I feel like that's
2: what I needed in my See, life. See, that's the fitra. Like that's your, yeah. you know, you you you're already aware. How yeah, that's to. how I met you do oh, yeah. you remember I used to go so, pray yeah yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that's actually mad who would have thought that the catholic girl who <laughs> used that little prayer room <laughs> was going to become
3: asleep yeah. and I remember one period like before I take the shahada when I started attending Juma prayers mm-hmm. I would go to Sunday mass as well <laughs> living a double life <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to high, <laughs> high father mark <monk. laughs> <laughs> But the longer I did that, the more I understood that Islam is the truth. I wish I could just, like, tell this to everyone. Literally, at one point, I just wanted to go around giving everyone dawah and knock (laughs) on neighbours' doors, say that (laughs) Islam is the truth. Yeah. Obviously, like, you have to be trained. You have to give the right message. And I think that I I feel that in my
2: heart. I feel that within myself. Of course. But I wouldn't... But I think you... The fact that you've made this change, alhamdulillah, and stuff, you have now become an ambassador of Islam. People are, people will see you and be like, why? You know, obviously it makes people mm. question. Rather than when they see, for example, a boom, when they see me, for example, it's not as, it doesn't provoke as much question as it does when they see someone who's actually chosen chosen mm. this way. Because they think, they assume, for example, with me, that, oh, probably because her, her family's Muslim, so she mm. just kind of followed, blah, blah, blah with you it's like oh like why would you do that to yourself yeah. <laughs> that's true. especially as a woman i think because they're like oh my god like she's gonna start covering like yeah, she always, it's probably for a man yeah that's
3: i feel like that's the majority of people that's what they think yeah because if it's for someone but to let you know guys <laughs> <laughs> and everyone that's not for a man that's for myself and god forbid i'll ever do anything for a man everything's for allah yeah, and um yeah, the Ramadan flew by so fast and subhanAllah right after Ramadan remember the twenty ninth it was half a year. Yeah that marked
2: me. That's so crazy literally half years, a couple year, year, huh? as I can call like myself Yeah. Proudly call myself Muslim crazy. And time flies. Time flies. Time flies so fast. But yeah. But <sighs>
3: um I feel like my highlight of Ramadan, thanks for asking.
2: (laughs) I wasn't that bothered. (laughs) I think you already know anything. I was there. (laughs) (laughs) It was me, wasn't it? I was the highlight. (laughs) Okay, the other one, yeah. On a real
3: note, um, I think that was the Tarabee prayers. Even though there were many of us Mm. because of this whole social distancing thing, you know. But spending time in seduge, that's something that like I couldn't even describe. That feeling like it was so 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 special and it's just something that I've never experienced before. You know sometimes you pray in let's say Bukur or you pray Makhrib and you feel like oh it seems quite long sometimes, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> but that's why as we talked about I have to always, you know, reflect on your intentions and stuff. Yeah. But that just showed that the the prayer showed the potential, Show that you're actually able to stand in your salah for eight rakats rather than three. Yeah. Not, not thinking, like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, bang them out. and I'm you know. shows sure, just how much you can yeah. do. Sometimes I hate myself for thinking that. It's like, oh, prayer time. Yeah. And then I literally just, like, talking to myself, like, Monica, you're not supposed to think like that. It's a blessing mm-hmm. rather than something that you just have to get, you know, get, over yeah. and, like, get it done. But yeah, it's literally just constant, like reminding yourself that it's a blessing from Allah. How would you the eat? Prayer. My Eid. Oh my God. I don't <laughs> know. You know how we sell about the Ramadaning quarantine and stuff. Yeah. So I think I'm lucky. I was so lucky to experience the culture part of it as well mm-hmm. because I had an opportunity to go to Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah, met your family. 100%. And they actually showed me how it's probably, like, similar how you used to have your Ramadan, like, you know, last year or the year before yeah, or Eid. Even so. though you said, uh oh, I barely met any of your family, but to Trust everyone to let you know, <laughs> I <laughs> met so many of your family, so many members That's of your family. That's minority <laughs> <laughs> And... They just let me to kind of experience that cultural side of it. Yeah. Like, even when it comes to, like, food, different desserts, different yeah. dishes, like, everything.
2: Like, alhamdulillah. I think that, I for me, it. was a completely different Eid. Like I, say, like I was saying to you, it's not a normal Eid because yeah. obviously with social distancing and stuff. And, yeah, and normally it's about the elders and stuff. Yeah. For us, anyway, culturally. And it was kind of sad to not have that not be able to see my grandparents for as long as things yeah but, alhamdulillah oh, grandma, still.
3: The sweetest. <laughs> alhamdulillah I'm, i actually feel so lucky that i had the opportunity to meet them all and i think it kind of showed me that you know you don't have to have um you know how i used to be used to kind of when i meet up with people or even with family We used to, like, mix around with, like, men and women in one place. Like, you know, uncles, brothers, cousins, grandmas, grandparents, everyone in one place. But when we went to your aunties, it's just, like, us women vibing. It's just, like, aunties, cousins. (laughs) It's just women. Yeah. And I think that just showed me that you don't need no man to have fun. Trust me. Even though I knew that before, but that just, like, confirmed the idea. And, yeah, I think that that kind of... Opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. Even though your uncle will, like, pop in with Lena the sweetest it's tea, sweetest yeah. tea, but blessing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was nice as well to, like, for me to have you there, having, literally, to and me, obviously. you're with <laughs> Shut up, um. <laughs> wasn't that great. I'm just saying this for the <laughs> <laughs> But, like... The fact that, alhamdulillah, I was there when you took your shahada. I was there when you prayed for the first time. I was there when you had your first Ramadan. And then the first Eid, I'm so glad. You don't understand how much it means to me. Because, you know, when you... The closest ones,
3: the ones that you love the most, you expect them to be there for you because you want to share... That moments with them because it's so important to you. Yeah. So you want the people. You, that you and like and of course as there. somebody
2: who loves you, I want to be there for those moments as well. So I'm glad I was there for the Shahada and every single thing. Alhamdulillah. I'm so yeah. Like yeah. Every
3: single moment he was there. When I was crying, when I was happy, like you <laughs> know, when I was questioning things, when I was you know, Alhamdulillah, have you. I'm so happy.
2: You know what? I have to say, to have me as well. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I think to kind of to give them, like a little advice for someone. Then I know there's so many people like out there who are thinking, why they're not happy. It's yeah. like it used to be me. was like, why am I not happy? Like I'm chasing. Like, I feel like I'm. Ch- it's because I'm chasing the wrong things. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I want to be, like, let's say, famous. I want to get new shoes. I want to get the clothes. I want to get money. But that doesn't give you, like, no contentment. And, and I remember, like, I was thinking, like, why do I not feel content in my heart? But realise, like, how am I supposed to feel content in my heart when I'm not connected to someone that actually created that heart?
2: Yeah.
3: So, and by chasing and by worshipping, like, other things, it doesn't give you no contentment. But when you worship Allah, that what brings you the truth, the real contentment. Because that's your purpose, yeah. yeah. And you know deep, great,
2: yeah. and deep down, like, you know that that is your purpose. Mm-hmm. As much as you dismiss it, as much as, much as you shove it down, you like, you know, you're trying to ignore it. At the end of the day, everyone, like, there's, like, I think it's uh, the organisation Aira, who kind of talk about, like, um... You know when they they meet people who've literally never even like been exposed to Islam, like these tribes and places, you mm. know, that Amazon tribes and stuff. And every everyone feels like they should worship something, yeah, whatever it might be. And yeah. you think even in today's society, even in modern day society, people are worshiping social media. Like there's yeah, something everyone's worshiping something. celebrities, yeah. social media. They chasing after the things. So, like, they might yeah, yeah. and that. That thing, that thing that we have within us to worship, yeah, Subhan. That's like, that's that's so that's so great, like because that's literally what makes us who we are. That's literally yeah. the reason we're we're on this earth. Yeah, but yeah. this is mad. That's true, Subhanallah. Subhanallah. No, but on that note. I think we should say... As-salamu I think we've gone on for a long time. Um, but thank you for listening and... Yeah, and thank you to Mind of Minority and the brothers on there for having us on today. Um, it's been good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice
3: to talk about my experience. It's actually the first time that yeah. I've talked about my experience like fully. And inshallah, whoever is listening to, you'll find it beneficial or you know inshallah you'll enjoy it if
2: you reach this point congratulations well done <laughs> gold star for you <laughs> um yeah okay salaam alaikum alaikum